Stormwater is the water from rain, snow, hail, or sleet. It starts out pure when it falls from the sky. In urbanized areas, a large amount of water is trapped above ground because it can't soak through surfaces such as rooftops, concrete driveways, sidewalks and gutters, parking lots, and streets, where it can be exposed to a vast array of pollutants. The resulting nutrient load is harmful to the water, to humans, and the delicate ecosystems that create Lower Jordan River watershed. This is the subject of our podcast. We hope you will join us as we discuss stormwater and its ever-increasing impacts on our daily lives. Today on Untreated, we're meeting with Bob Thompson. Bob Thompson is the Watershed Planning and Restoration Sector Manager for Salt Lake County Flood Control. This program oversees Salt Lake County's stream and precipitation gauging network, snow course measurements, watershed planning and related stream restoration activities, and stormwater programs. This team consists of compliance experts, geologists, landscape architects, biologists, and environmental scientists dedicated to ensuring all the things water-related in the, to understanding all the things water-related in the Lower Jordan River Basin. Hi, Bob. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly is. Um, Bob, can you talk to us about human activity in our waterways? Sure. Um, So the human activity I want to talk about uh, is one of the five major stormwater BMPs or best management practices that we like to push here at the Stormwater Coalition in Salt Lake County. Um, Specifically, it's cleaning up after your pets, cleaning up their pet waste has a huge impact on water quality in our streams and rivers. Um, We live in an incredibly arid climate, which means we don't have a lot of water in our streams and rivers, so any amount of pollutant that's there is usually seen in abundance, especially during the months of June, July, August, and September, during those really hot months where we have a lot of evaporation, little amount of water in there. Um, If you don't clean up your pet waste, we tend to see extremely high levels of E. coli, which is a type of bacteria uh, that we test for monthly in all of our perennial waterways here in Salt Lake County. Um, There's a couple times that we see it in its greatest abundance. Um, During those low flow months, we definitely see it, but when we have any sort of storm-related activity, if we have a rainfall event during June, July, or August, we see a lot of increase in E. coli. Sometimes it can increase in order of magnitude. We've seen spikes of three orders of magnitude increase. Um, So that becomes incredibly unhealthy water. Um, That means we need to encourage residents to pick up after their pets, but we have, it's, it's hard to try to convey to the typical resident just how bad it becomes. So to try to convey this, we did a study uh, back in 2012 at the Parley's Historic Nature Park, which a lot of people just refer to the dog park of Tanner's or Tanner's Park or whatever. Um, We actually looked at how many dogs were using that space and how many owners were compliant. And this isn't like a double-blind, super scientific study, but we just counted how many dogs, and we counted them right in front of a sign that asked owners to have their dogs on leash. So we basically figured out how many dogs there were, the percentage that were compliant with the requests of the park, and then we just kind of figured, okay, that's probably going to be similar to how many owners are going to be compliant with the request to pick up their dog waste. So during uh, that study, we looked at it during weekdays, we looked at weekends, evenings, mornings, and what we found is that on weekends, you can see upwards of 4,000 dogs per day visiting that park. Um, and that's, you know, we, we have a two-hour window where we're doing those counts. We're kind of extrapolating over a period of a day. But still, thousands of dogs using that park in a day. 
And what we found in that time was that about 70% of the owners were non-compliant with the posted park regulations, specifically the leash ordinance. Um, we obviously didn't follow the dogs around to see if you know they did their business and the owners picked them up, but we just assumed that that 70% translated. And then after we did our monthly sampling runs, we actually compared our E. coli data to what we saw during those times, and it was really high. Um, the state standard used to have standards of you know the the chronic standard being 206 organisms per hundred milliliter. That was considered unhealthful. So approximately uh, one in a hundred people would become very ill, possibly die from that level of exposure, um, to the other level being 668 organisms per 100 milliliter, and at that level, one in 10 people would become extremely ill, possibly die from that level of exposure. It's also extremely uh, toxic for dogs, uh, other wildlife. It's, it's, a, it's a pathogen of concern for a lot of different species. Um, and what we were seeing in these in the, the park during these times were samples that are about 1500 or double that acute standard. So that's, to say the least, a toxic situation. We really don't want to see levels like that in our streams, rivers, or our lakes. And so that really tells us that, man, there's a problem up there. So to make sure we're collecting data and being responsible about the science, we collect sites above, below, you name it. We surround the areas of concern. So we collected up above at Suicide Rock as well, and you know, only a few hundred meters apart, as far as the stream flows, we were just not seeing the spikes at Suicide Rock. Suicide Rock, our average numbers stayed right around the 100 to maybe 150 range, but we never even saw anything exceed the 206 limit. So um, our numbers were just night and day different depending on whether you are on one side of I-215 or the other. Um, and, and the only thing we can really attribute that to is pet waste. Uh, subsequently, we've done follow-up studies using microbial source tracking to try to figure out um, you know, who the culprit is. Uh, my, my, microbial source tracking basically uses DNA to identify, you know, is this you know, human-related, is it dog-related, horse-related, whatever. And, and basically, we found that there was a human component and a dog component in Parley's historic. So, really a management practice that needs to be used to curb the pollution that we see in Parley's Creek is picking up your pet waste. When you speak with a pet owner, an average pet owner in Salt Lake County, I mean, do, do you think there's an awareness yet of the connection between pet waste and the water supply? I think pet owners agree that pet waste is not clean and they don't necessarily want it in the rivers and streams and lakes. But I don't know that there's the understanding of the sheer numbers and the volume of users because that's, that's really the issue. Because what I, what I hear commonly, I mean, I, every time I'm down there, people always ask me what I'm doing somewhere. I'm bright orange vest. I've got all my sampling gear. I'm pulling, you know, I have my computer stuff in the, in the stream and it's obviously measuring water quality. And really what I hear is people think that a dog, like a domestic dog that they bring down into Parley's Historic Nature Park, is basically the same thing as having you know wild wolves roaming roaming around the valley as they once would have, um, but the difference is when you have a wolf pack, you've got maybe a dozen animals that have a thirty square mile territory or three hundred square mile territory, whatever they have, and they're using it back and forth, and so you know you've got a dozen animals that are in, in this massive area, whereas in our 
modern society, again, we're looking at like 4,000 animals per day in this four acre stretch right by the stream. And it's, so it's, it's, it's just kind of the, the, the law of large numbers working against us here. So what do we do to start to mitigate those numbers? How do we start to see some change? That's, that's the question. Um, at the Stormwater Coalition and Salt Lake County Stormwater, what we've tried to do is educate the general public. We've really tried to reach out and explain the necessity to pick up pet waste. We've tried to explain that uh, pet waste has a tremendous amount of pathogens in it and we do not want that near our water supplies. Um, we, we, we've taken out television ads, we're, we're using billboards, we're um, pinning people down in movie theaters and making them watch our ads at the beginning of movies. Um, we, we've taken lots of different media. Uh, our, our kind of our newest uh, push is through a really great social media campaign that we've launched this year. Um, we're, we're just trying to get the word out in any way we possibly can to let individuals know that pet waste is an issue and it's because of the sheer numbers of pets out there and the number of people living in this valley. We're all kind of really close neighbors whether we know it or not and we have really tiny little waterways that just can't handle that level of pollution. Great. Thanks for your time, Bob. Appreciate yeah. you being on our podcast. Until next time, I'm Ashley Babbitt and you're listening to Untreated. Thank <laughs> you.